You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Mike here. We're just reading the Bible as a conversation so that we can find our next best yes in our relationship with God. That's what it's for. That's what it's about. That's what we're doing here. And uh, I'm really thankful that you decide to spend some time here in the week to just connect with the Word of God. And if this this way of reading it out loud this way is of any benefit to you, then I'm thankful for that. Thankful that uh, that God reaches us through a number of different ways. And if this can be a part of your relationship with him, then that that's an honor. And I appreciate you spending your time this way. So a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Asaph, the writer of this section of the Psalms that we're in right now. And he was David's personal worship leader. And we talked about how his role of worship leader is also really a role of a spiritual leader. Like the worship leader has a finger on the spiritual pulse of the people that they lead. And part of the responsibility is to remind the people what God has done. And in today's episode, we're only reading one psalm because it's one longer one. And it lays out the history of God's people. But it's honestly from a fairly negative point of view, it's got kind of a negative bent to it, and it emphasizes the continued unfaithfulness of God's people. But of course, that's juxtaposed to the continued faithfulness of God. And uh, this history and these stories about God's work with his people, they have to be passed down. Like Asaph says at the beginning of the psalm that we're going to read, we won't hide them from our children. Because if we don't learn from our history, we're doomed to repeat it. And God's done so much for us in the past. People before us have learned so much about God. We have to be able to carry that down. We've got a sense of, in today's culture, that if it's old, it's irrelevant. If it's unchanged, it's stagnant. And that is just the work of Satan, because he knows that generations can learn a thing or two about God through each generation. And... If we try to pass it down, but then later generations think that, well, that's just old, that's irrelevant, they don't know, the culture has changed now, then we have to relearn everything from the beginning. And it's a lot harder and takes a lot longer to get right with God. And meanwhile, a lot of people fall away. So it's important to learn from the history of God's people. And now, of course, God's people is not just Israel. It's been extended by God's grace to everyone who believes and serves Jesus. So we are God's people. And if we don't learn from the history of God's people, then we're going to make the same mistakes. So don't be tempted to zone out this episode because the psalm is mostly the history of Israel. Okay, that's tempting. (laughs) I get it. Um, But we can save ourselves a lot of heartbreak and confusion and feeling stuck moving forward, if we just stop to consider the past and act on some of that wisdom today, I bet we can find our next best step 
through looking at the past best steps or worst steps of the people who've come before us. So let's read this together in Psalm 78. Hear my teaching, my people. Turn your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I'll utter dark sayings of old, which we've heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of God, his strength and his wondrous deeds that he's done. He established a covenant in Jacob and appointed a teaching in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children who should be born, who should arise and tell their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget God's deeds, but keep his commandments, and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation." A generation that didn't make their hearts loyal, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They didn't keep God's covenant and refused to walk in his law. They forgot his doings, his wondrous deeds that he's shown them. He did marvelous things in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He split the sea. He caused them to pass through. He made the waters stand as a heap. In the daytime, he also led them with a cloud and all night with a light of fire. He split rocks in the wilderness. He gave them drink abundantly as out of the depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Yet they still went on to sin against him, to rebel against the Most High in the desert. They tempted God in their heart by asking food according to their desire. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? He struck a rock so that waters gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Will he provide meat for his people? Well, therefore, God heard and was angry. A fire was kindled against Jacob. Anger also went up against Israel because they didn't believe in God and didn't trust in his salvation. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna on them to eat. He gave them food from the sky. Man ate the bread of angels. He sent them food to the full. He caused the east wind to blow in the sky. By his power, he guided the south wind. He also rained meat on them as the dust, winged birds as the sand of the seas. He let them fall in the middle of their camp around their habitations. So they ate and were well filled. He gave them their own desire. They didn't turn from their cravings. Their food was yet in their mouths when the anger of God went up against them, killed some of their fattest, and struck down the young men of Israel. For all this, they still sinned and didn't believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, he consumed their days in vanity and their years in terror. When he killed them, then they inquired after him. They returned and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock, the Most High God, their Redeemer. 
But they flattered him with their mouth and lied to him with their tongue, for their heart was not right with him. Neither were they faithful in his covenant. But he, being merciful, forgave iniquity and didn't destroy them. Yes, many times he turned his anger away and didn't stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes away and doesn't come again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. They turned again and tempted God and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They didn't remember his hand, nor the day when he redeemed them from the adversary. How he set his signs in Egypt, his wonders in the fields of Zoan. He turned their rivers into blood and their streams so that they could not drink. He sent among them swarms of flies which devoured them and frogs which destroyed them. He also gave their increase to the caterpillar and their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail, their sycamore fig trees with frost. He also gave their livestock to the hail and their flocks to hot thunderbolts. He threw them on the fierceness of his anger, wrath, indignation, and trouble, and a band of angels of evil. He made a path for his anger. He didn't spare their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence and struck all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tents of Ham. But he led out his own people like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them safely so that they weren't afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. He brought them to the border of his sanctuary, to this mountain which his right hand has taken. He also drove out the nations before them, allotted for them an inheritance by line, and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and rebelled against the Most High God and didn't keep his testimonies, but turned back and dealt treacherously like their fathers. They were twisted like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their engraved images. When God heard this, he was angry and greatly abhorred Israel, so that he abandoned the tents of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among men, and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the adversary's hand. He also gave his people over to the sword and was angry with his inheritance. Fire devoured their young men. Their virgins had no wedding song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows couldn't weep. Then the Lord awakened as one out of sleep, like a mighty man who shouts by reason of wine. He struck his adversaries backward. He put them to a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he rejected the tent of Joseph and didn't choose the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. He built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth which he had established forever. He also chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes that have their young, and brought him to be the shepherd of Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he was their shepherd according to the integrity of his heart, and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. For many people, it can feel boring to think about and read about history, like the history of the Israelites in this psalm. But there's too much to reflect on to completely skip it. 
Think of the times in your life when you were similar to the Israelites. Remember the times when God surprised you and provided for you. Think of the times when you maybe complained and didn't trust God, wanted to go back to the way things used to be. Consider what you were like a year or two ago and how you've grown. Sometimes your next best step is one that you missed in the past. That's the Ringing Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.